You're listening to Selfish the Podcast. This is the place where we make much ado about you. I'm your host, Allie Martin. Thanks for joining me. Amanda Nybert is so chock full of knowledge about nutrition, sometimes I don't think she's human. She freely shares valuable information with the world, which is just one of the reasons you'll be calling her the renegade nutritionist. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Yay, I'm excited to be here. So first, tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Amanda Nybert. I am a registered dietitian. I have been specializing in bariatric and weight loss nutrition for about the past 18 years. And um, recently, over the past um, 18 months, I've ventured into the online um, nutritional counseling arena, and I'm having so much fun doing it. So tell us about why you got started, how you got started, and you know, where all of this online nutrition and weight management program comes into play with what you were doing for the past 18 years? Yeah, so I have been working in a clinical setting, um, like I said, um, a hospital weight loss program for uh, many years, counseling patients on nutrition and wellness, um, helping them with weight loss, And um, about almost two years ago, I was introduced to this kind of like online opportunity, Um, the ability to work with clients really all over the United States. And it was um, very interesting to me because I was feeling kind of stale um, and stuck in my current position. Um, I didn't feel like there was any type of um, room to grow and evolve. Um, within my profession. And it kind of made me sad. So when I found this opportunity to kind of scale my business and work with more people um, from really all over, it kind of sparked a new interest in me. So um, I started running these online groups. And um, at first, things were kind of small. And um, over time, I just kind of created this traction and have kind of grown to where I am today. I recently launched a um, brand new program called Lean, Living Energized and Nourished. And I'm really excited to bring my expertise as a registered dietitian to kind of the masses, um, giving them relevant nutritional strategies that are up to date. It's kind of like my biggest Um, thing that kind of irks me in the field of nutrition is that we are still relying on dinosaur dated nutritional strategies such as like the food guide pyramid and you know low calorie eating and we know based on obesity trends that what we've been teaching people is not working so I always um, called myself the renegade dietitian um, in the hospital setting because I was the (laughs) dietitian Yeah, I was the dietitian um, telling people to put butter on their veggies versus like spray butter. And I was telling people to eat, you know, full fat foods versus low fat foods. And um, and it really went against what everybody else was saying, even other dietitians and and medical professionals. Um, But I just knew that what we were doing just wasn't working and, and we had to make a radical change in what those nutritional guidelines are. And that's what I love to really teach my clients. I feel like 
once I can teach them the why, you know, behind why fat is not bad for you and why it's not all about calories, um, implement that, help them implement that, um, them see results, then it's kind of like it all clicks. Um, and that's really exciting to me. And for any of the listeners that don't follow you on Instagram, uh, they need to because, <laughs> like, I just love you share so much knowledge throughout the day. I mean, you truly take your followers through your day-to-day activities, but then educating them along the way. Um, and and kind of what you said as far as, like, being able to educate um, your clients. But talk to us about that personal mentality that you have about weight loss. I know you touched on it a little bit, but I'd really love for you to open up on that because that to me is, is new information and, and information that's not out there um, as readily as it should be. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I'm definitely, um, I practice what I preach and in my clinical setting, you know, people would always ask me, well, have you ever had a weight problem? You know, have you ever had, to deal with excess weight. And of course I've had two pregnancies, um, but I am fortunate enough that I've never had a significant weight problem, but everything that I teach you is what I'm doing in my own lifestyle to maintain, you know, um, my health at, at an optimal level. And my personal philosophy is progress, not perfection consistency over perfection. I mean, I think the problem with people, um, most people have what I call a dieter's mindset, meaning that you are either all or nothing. You are either 100% on a diet or you are 100% off. And that is just a a recipe for failure, uh, 100%, because nobody's perfect. Nobody eats perfectly. Nobody eats hundred percent clean. Nobody exercises every single day. And so my goal is to teach my clients sustainable nutritional strategies that they can do forever. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the tweaks that we make, and that's what I try to really represent in my daily lifestyle. You know, I am very social. I go out, I drink alcohol, Um, you know, on the weekends, but on the weekdays, I'm exercising and meal prepping. So it's all about creating that balance between, you know, the things that you enjoy doing, what your lifestyle dictates. Maybe it's a tailgate, maybe it's the lake, maybe it's a vacation, um, surrounded by those kind of consistent habits that, that keep you on track. So that's really what I focus on. I've got to get people out of that all or nothing mindset. You know, when you fail, when you struggle, when you make a poor choice, when you have a poor day, it's that one day does not make or break your success. It's ultimately what you do the next day that makes or breaks your success. So if I can, if I can get people to understand that, then they're going to be much more successful in the long run. Yeah. I love how you approach this this whole journey that you're taking your clients on because it truly is forgiving and it does like kind of take the pressure off as far as, Oh, if I mess up, what, what are the repercussions for that? So um, you're very encouraging, uplifting, and that's so appreciated um, from the client perspective. Um, Yeah. I mean, you talked about really that all or nothing mentality, but what are some of the biggest mistakes you see clients make that derail the progress that they're making? I mean, I think it's the, I, you know, definitely that dieter's mindset, you know, just kind of giving up 
and and not recognizing that you know it is effortless to gain weight and it you don't have to do anything you know there's there's unhealthy food everywhere you know you don't have to exercise it, it takes very little effort to put weight on but it takes a lot of effort to take it off and the problem is is that a lot of people they're looking for I mean, not necessarily that they're looking for a quick fix, but that's what they want. And I think that people will dial into healthy eating, increasing exercise, you know, making those positive lifestyle changes. And when the results don't come quick enough, they want to give up. It's not worth it. You know, if I'm only going to lose one pound a week and I did all this work, then it's not worth it. So mm -hmm. that's what I feel like. Um, the biggest mistake that people make is they don't allow enough time for the change to make the biggest impact. And in addition to that, they get on the scale because, uh, you know, I hate the scale. Uh, <laughs> the scale is not your friend. It does not encourage you. It doesn't really represent your progress. So, for example, in my seven week program, Lean, we don't allow people to get on the scale for seven weeks because it takes time for the body to really transition to adapt into the strategies that we're working on. So we're trying to change you from a sugar burner to a fat burner. And that doesn't just happen overnight. Um, I know in my clinical setting, whenever I worked with a we had a six month program, um, I would tell my clients, my goal is for you to lose about a pound a week. Now, are you going to lose a pound every week? Probably not. But at the end of six months, I'd like you to be down 20 pounds. Well, for some people to put forth that much effort for six whole months, 20 pounds is not worth it to them. You know, they want to lose 100 pounds in six months. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. So I, a lot of times when you set the expectations up in the beginning, then they tend to be more better managed. But just recognizing that as long as you create sustainable change over time, you will see long term success. And that's what it's really about. I truly believe in my heart, whatever you do to lose the weight, you better be prepared to do forever to keep it off. So, you know, we're, I'm not um, advocating quick fixes here. I mean, you can go on a low carb diet and lose 20 pounds in six weeks. But can you eat low carb for the rest of your life? Because if you can't, then most likely you're going to gain it back. You know, same thing with like if you do like a, a shake diet for four weeks. Yeah, you're going to drop a bunch of weight. But are you going to live on shakes for the rest of your life? So, yeah. you know, th the biggest mistake that people make is just maybe looking for that quick fix, not giving themselves enough time um, and, and enough grace to make those sustainable changes, um, you know, work in the long run. And like I mentioned, you you share all this knowledge, uh, not just with your paying clients, but with oh, your followers. I mean, you absolutely. are so open about, you know, educating the public. So I love that. And I know you continually read about nutrition and um, some of the recent discoveries. Is there research you've read recently that would be shocking to some of us? Um, yeah. And, you know, like you said on my social media I feel like clients come to me for daily support and accountability. I, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm um, giving them life shattering nutritional information. You know, it's just more about keeping them in line and on track. 
So that's why I do share so much with my audience um, it, during my social media. But I, I feel like it's not necessarily new and recent, but I do feel like the most critical shift that we are about to make in our nutritional profile is all around fat. We've lived in this fat-free, low-fat um, generation since 1977. So 1977 is when the nutritional guidelines were first published. In those guidelines, they told us to you know, eat low-calorie, low-fat. They told us the bottom of the pyramid should be full of all these healthy grains and at the very tippy top was fat. And ultimately, prior to 1977, our obesity rate was completely flat. From 1977 on, our obesity rate has skyrocketed. So we currently eat, you know, um, we currently eat this kind of low fat, low calorie diet, and we're bigger than we ever have been. Yeah. Now, today, we eat 25% less fat in our diet than we did in 1977. So, we took these recommendations. We've been following them. And what's happened? Not what they said was going to happen. Mm. You know, we didn't lose weight. We gained weight. So we realize now that weight loss is not about, it's not about fat. Fat does not make you fat. It's not about calories. Calories don't make you fat. It is about a metabolic response in the body. So I think that that's the hardest thing that I have to get through to my clients is to stop fearing fat. Fat is not the enemy. Fat fills you up. Fat keeps you full. Um, and, and, you know, I, I am fighting against the, um, the norm in terms of, um, the medical field, because I will educate a client and be like, don't worry about that. Let's control your carbs. Let's focus on reducing your insulin. I'll put them on this, you know, whole food nutrition diet where they're eating just tons of healthy foods. They go to their doctor, they tell their doctor, oh, I'm, you know, I'm eating full fat this and they go, oh no, you got to eat low fat. Well, unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're probably going to take their doctor's advice over me when, you know, their doctor hasn't had any nutritional education. So it's this constant battle to get people to realize that, you know, the way we have been living, um, the way we have been looking at nutrition has been completely wrong. And it's going to take this huge like 180 shift to, you know, get rid of diabetes and hypertension and cancer and, and all of these, um, you know, diseases that Americans are, are dealing with on a daily basis. And kind of the approach you take is is truly not just what you're putting into your body with food, but, you know, the exercise, the sleep, and then you are a big advocate for adding supplements into your diet as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about the importance of supplements. So I have a handful of supplements that I just feel like, you know, really across the board would benefit most people. Um, we are living in a society where we are undernourished and overfed. And what that means is, is that we're eating a lot of calories, but the calories that we're eating are not high quality nutrient calories. You know, they're basically like empty calories. So we're walking around, you know, overweight, sick and, and malnourished in, in a sense. So there's a couple of supplements that are really high on my list that, again, all people would benefit from. Um, the first two are vitamin D and magnesium. 
vitamin D is kind of like, we call it the sunshine vitamin. Really your best way to to get vitamin D is through sun exposure. But with, you know, the risk of skin cancer and where you live um, and, you know, winter months versus summer months, our exposure to adequate sun to, um, you know, create this vitamin D is is limited. So almost 75% of the population is deficient in vitamin D. And that's an easy fix. You know, you can add simply a thousand milligrams of vitamin D3 um, and you're going to see significant positive results on that. Um, A lot of people suffer from a condition called fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is kind of like this unexplained overall kind of pain. And in most cases, fibromyalgia is simply a vitamin D deficiency because vitamin D deficiency gives you muscle cramps, bone pain, kind of that achy feeling, depression, inability to lose weight. And again, it's such a simple um, supplement to, you know, to take on a daily basis to get your numbers in an adequate range. So I always say, you know, make sure you're getting your vitamin D levels checked. Um, And if they're low and they're not kind of in that real, that middle ground right around 50 to 60, then you definitely would benefit from some supplements. Magnesium is just right along with that. I'm a huge proponent of magnesium. Again, almost 80% of the population is magnesium deficient. So simply incorporating some extra magnesium in your body will make you feel so much more energized and better. You know, in my programs, we do um, a nutritional strategy called intermittent fasting. And a lot of people will complain of fatigue, um, lightheaded, dizzy, um, in the morning when they're fasting, they think their blood sugar's dropping. And usually like 95% of the time, it's not their blood sugar dropping. It's an electrolyte imbalance. They don't have enough sodium, magnesium, and potassium. So mm-hmm. I'm always touting the electrolyte water because it makes you feel so much better. And the reason why it makes you feel so much better in most cases is because you're getting magnesium. So the problem with magnesium is it has a very short half-life. So when we consume adequate amounts of magnesium, they may be gone in 24 to 48 hours because, again, it has a very short half-life. So you kind of have to be getting adequate sources of magnesium on a daily basis. Now, dark green vegetables are a great source of magnesium, drinking electrolyte water, but simply um, supplementing with the a nice magnesium citrate, magnesium gluconate um, would be great and make you feel so much better. If you have migraines, if you can't sleep, if you have restless leg, these are all things where a simple magnesium supplement would be super beneficial. So magnesium is is really high on my list um, that pretty much everybody can um, benefit from. Magnesium is also like a calming mineral. So if you um, deal with a lot of stress and anxiety in your life, Um, magnesium will actually help to kind of settle you down. Um, So there's a lot of research that magnesium is really good to give to kids um, before school because it helps them focus um, and do better in the classroom. So I love D. I love magnesium. Um, I also love a good probiotic. You're going to be hearing a lot about gut health and how gut health is really impacting all diseases So when we can work to improve our gut, we're just going to feel better across the board. And then I also love a simple omega-3 fatty acid. Um, We have this um, 
imbalance of omega-3 to omega-6 um, fatty acids. Omega-6 are, are important in the body, but you want to have a good ratio of those. American, the standard American diet, we call it the SAD diet, um, has an unhealthy um, level of omega-6 in, in the foods that we eat and, and not enough omega-3. So adding a simple omega-3 can really kind of offset that. So those are the four supplements just kind of across the board that um, most people in general would see benefits from taking. And again, I mean, you educate your audience about these supplements and I was taking the wrong magnesium this whole mm-hmm. time. And then you one day talked about, no, it needs to be magnesium. Is it citrate? Citrate, citrate, citrate. Yeah. So yeah, magnesium oxide is a very popular supplement on the market because it's cheap. It's, you know, it's the cheapest form of magnesium. Um, there's very little regulation on supplements, which is a problem. And, um, you know, so manufacturers are going to find the cheapest form to give you. So their profits are bigger, man. Oh man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I like to again, um, you know, give feedback to my followers on social media. So if there is one weight management tactic that the listeners could take away from this interview, I mean, you've given us so much knowledge, but what's the number one tactic that you truly? want to encourage your clients to do and I've heard you talk about this like if you go on vacation like yes of course you're going to throw some things to the wayside for a week but right what what's the number one thing or, or what's the one thing that you can maintain throughout all of this okay so I have two <laughs> I have two you're, you're allowed um, to have two I'm going to do two. Um, So the number one, I mean, definitely across the board, the number one is water. I mean, it's as simple as that. We do not drink enough water. And I'm talking water, you know, not water with this added in it and water with that added in it. Just plain old water. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. The signal for hunger and the signal for thirst are exactly the same. So most people are walking around every day thinking they're hungry all the time when in reality, they're just dehydrated. So if if I can get you drinking a ton of water throughout the day, you're going to eat less and you're going to feel full and more satisfied longer. And people are always griping about, oh, healthy eating so expensive. You know, oh, I don't have enough money for a gym membership. You know, how basically how their dollars um, are hard to translate into, you know, being healthy. And so I, this is free, you know, water is basically the cheapest weight loss um, tool that you can be implementing in your diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I want my clients, I want everybody to be drinking at least 64 ounces of plain water. So that's in addition to your coffee, in addition to your LaCroix, you know, whatever else you're drinking, but optimal a hundred ounces a day, because if you're crushing that much water a day, again, you just don't have time to be nibbling and grazing. You don't have time to be, you know, making as many poor food choices. So getting in 
a ton of water a day is probably my biggest advice. My, my second tip is definitely managing your eating window. So, you know, I love a strategy called intermittent fasting. Um, and there's different ways that you can do this, but the simplest way, and this is for your five-year-old child up to your 95-year-old grandmother, okay? This strategy is important across the board, is to simply limit your eating window to no more than 12 hours a day. And what that means is, is that if you're eating breakfast at 6 a.m., then you need to cut it all off by 6 p.m. Now, in the programs I run, we are a little bit more aggressive with our fasting window, but the 12 hour is just bottom line, good across the board for everybody. Mm. So, and this is the deal is that when we, when we look back in 1970, um, we see the eating pattern was we, you know, families woke up, they sat down, they had breakfast, you know, we didn't start our days at 5am and end our days at 9pm, you know, life was a little bit different. But um, we got up, maybe we ate um, breakfast at around seven or eight. And then we'd come home, we'd eat dinner about five or six, and we'd be done. Like there was no snacking. There was no after dinner meals. There was no six small meals a day. So by default, we were living within this 12-hour fasting window. So we ate for 12 hours, we slept for six to eight hours, and we fasted for the rest. Um, but as time came on, went on, we started to get into this whole like convenience food. We started to get into big food business. And now it was like, oh, we got to eat six small meals a day. You know, if we don't feed our kids every two hours, they're going to die. You know, I, I don't know about you, Allie, but when I came home from school, uh, you know, I'm 41 years old and I asked my mom for a snack. Her response was, well, you're going to ruin your dinner. No, yeah. like we didn't snack, you know, I mean, there wasn't like this eating every two hours. And now it's like, you know, our kids, my kid goes to kindergarten and it, they're literally eating. They're feeding these kids like every two hours. Um, so I think that just recognizing that simple eating window can have a huge impact um, in terms of, you know, when you eat, how you eat and, and how your body responds to the to the food that you've consumed. And I love both of those tactics, because when you think about it, truly, at the end of the day, those are so easy to maintain and easy to accomplish. And if you just stay focused on those two, I mean, I know you can, if you're not doing them already, you can already see a big difference when you do implement those. So I love that you break it down like that and and you really make it attainable um, for your clients. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I think that people have this misconception that you have to do these radical things to improve your health. And, and a lot of times it's very simple things that need to be changed. So now switching to you personally, Amanda, um, what are your favorite ways to be selfish? Oh, okay. So, um, 
I definitely feel like self care is super important. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, you know, and in many cases, especially with women, they do feel like self care can be selfish, but you got to make time for yourself for sure. So, um, I feel like I have maybe two things that I do. Um, I love a good massage. That's super yes. selfish. You know, because I'm going to pay money for it. Somebody's going to have to work their butt off for an hour. <laughs> uh, you know, but that is just a really great time. I try to do a massage um, about once a month. Um, I love um, the little kind of subscription massage places because that helps keep the cost down. Yeah. Um, but it's really like my time that I get to look forward to. I, I love to work out in the gym. So it's nice to kind of work my muscles out. Um, so that's probably my most selfish um, a thing that I do once a month. And then I love reading books. And, and I say that that's selfish just because I find it so hard to carve out the time right. to sit down and read. Um, I do feel almost guilty about it when I'm, you know, reading, feeling like, Oh, I should be doing something else. But I love reading. Um, I love reading fiction, but I love probably more so reading nonfiction. So, um, just diving into nutritional strategies and kind of different things that people are doing. Uh, I'm a nerd in that sense. So a good massage, a good book, those are going to be my selfish habits for sure. I can, I can get down with both of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I love when you share what you're reading too, because then it also allows me to add some books to my list too. So keep that uh, up if you would. I, I will. I will for sure. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? You know, I feel like um, since launching this kind of online endeavor, um, you know, last year, I feel like I'm in the grind of a, a new business, you know, a small business owner, a new business. So I have this kind of mentality where I'm just kind of grinding it out in the hopes that eventually, you know, things are going to be a little bit more manageable. So right now, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that I wish that I had more time with or could find better balance would be just that kind of family work balance. Um, when you work in the field that I'm working in, you know, it's like social media. That's that's a full time job. I'm doing that from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed to connect with my viewers and connect with my clients. Um, and sometimes that's kind of hard to turn off and, and give more attention to, you know, my family and my kids. So I'm hoping, you know, come 2019 that I find better balance in, in that, um, in that field for sure. It's always a, like you say, progress, not perfection, but always a yeah. journey to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I keep telling my husband it's going to get better. He's not going to have the dishes forever. But, but if he keeps it up, that's fine too. I won't be sad. I won't be sad. What is next for Amanda? So I'm just working really hard to just enhance my lean program. Um, being in the field of weight loss for the past 18 years, I feel like I have a really good idea of where people struggle, what resources they need to be successful, um, you know, what scenarios get them off track. And so I'm really trying to take kind of all of the things that I've learned and implement them into this new program with just the most amount of resources for success. So 
creating those resources, you know, implementing them, tweaking them, obviously is a process. Um, some work really well, some work really bad. So right now I, I'm really in the groove of for the next, you know, six to eight months, just enhancing, you know, my online program um, and, and, you know, focused on that so that I can give these resources um, in a way that they actually are beneficial and work. So that's kind of where I am right now with uh, what's going on in the future. So like I said, if you don't follow Amanda on Instagram, you should do that right now. Um, but Amanda, thank you so much. You have given us such valuable tips and advice, and I am so grateful for the time you spent talking with us. So thank you, and we are going to be looking for all the success and new adventures that will come your way. Thank you, Allie. It's been awesome. You've been listening to Selfish. You can find show notes on SelfishThePodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend about Selfish and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.